0: By virtue of being human, we seem to be equipped with psychological predispositions to develop expectations. They may be expectations for good or for bad, depending on the circumstances in our lives and um, how we get programmed. But once we have noticed a pattern somewhere, we begin to anticipate recurrence of that pattern. And we are inclined out of a desire to create comfort and familiarity to actively perpetuate those patterns to ensure their predictability. But as we noted in the responsive reading earlier, the only thing that is unchanging is change. Everything changes as well it should. But isn't it funny that we would probably all acknowledge that fact with very little you know, reservation, as pretty obvious and as a given, yet every one of us is inclined to resist change when it comes, to some degree or another, in some ways or another. Not all changes and not every time but we are seemingly, by nature, inclined to resist change. As for the way we actually think about things, the way we operate, well, we operate on some levels from an expanded or amplified sense of object permanence. You know, that that thing that you develop as a baby when you first learn that if something ta- it moves out of your sight, That doesn't mean it's vanished forever. Along the way, we discover that things do exist when we can't see them. But we somehow overextend that so that we talk ourselves into thinking that things last forever. We know they don't but we operate pretty consistently as though they do. Which things we expect to last, no doubt, changes throughout the course of our lives. There are a number of things I remember assuming when I was younger. I assumed they would be a constant in my life. My first list of great expectations was replete with naivete of the young and innocent. Um, You can judge for yourself whether you think they've changed or not, or whether they ever existed in the first place. When I was younger, I assumed that this nation, the United States of America, to which we gave a pledge of allegiance every morning in school, would always take the most honorable course of action and the most honorable stands on international matters, would not tolerate genocide anywhere, would under no circumstances support oppressive governments, And they wouldn't take violent military action unless it was absolutely necessary. And we would most definitely not make preemptive military strikes or be mean first. I mean, isn't that who we were supposed to be? I, I don't know if those things have changed at all from exactly the way they were. When I was a young person, I don't know. I know that I believed all of those things wholeheartedly and that some many of them have come into question for me. Those expectations have been disappointed. I assumed that churches were and would always be sanctuaries safe havens for those seeking shelter, protection, and support. I assume that schools would be absurdly safe places for all the children that went there, and that teachers, ministers, civic leaders, and politicians would all place being good examples above their (laughs) self-interest. That parents would care for their children. I believed that families would stay together and that love would last forever and that God was on our side. I've come to understand all of those things differently. And it seems that the higher the expectation, the farther the fall of the disappointment. My next list of expectations grew from the belief that the world could be changed and that the generations surrounding me would be the ones to usher those changes in. I expected that all reasonable people would eventually come to understand that love is the answer, that we could win the world with the ways of peace, that the global village was becoming a reality so quickly that we would eradicate hunger, poverty, and violence of all sorts within an imaginable future, that we would stop poisoning the earth and the sky, stop generating radioactive waste, and at least begin a rapid movement away from it, with international support and government insistence. To quote a song by Dan Hill, "The times that were a-changing never changed." In some ways, they did." In many of the biggest dreams I had, they did not. With each of these great expectations and big dreams came great disappointment. After a while, all the optimism and enthusiasm deflates. Slowly. One dream at a time. One disillusionment at a time. The passions begin to fade ever so slowly. As a matter of fact, as best I can gather from my own experience, it typically happens so gradually that one day you just realize you haven't been thinking about it. And it isn't that you don't care about hungry people or about air pollution. You've just been so busy trying to solve the real and immediate puzzles of your own life, work, and family. The intention is there to get back to it just as soon as dot, dot, dot. But the expectation and its reflective damage... has been done. Then we get older, and like it or not, for many of us, that means a few limitations that we didn't have before. Besides, how long can you hold on to those altruistic notions without feeling like a fool? I had a a sociobiology class in which the professor argued the whole term that altruism doesn't exist. I still think he's wrong. Sure, we can do a little here and there to help with this and that, we can contribute. Hard-earned money to help those less fortunate. We can volunteer time for our nonprofits of choice. We can talk about local, federal, and world politics over coffee or cocktails. But that willingness to give it our all to go to the Mets, as the Godfather would say, or in the Godfather, they would say. Uh, To make real sacrifices for the sake of others that we don't know has lost its appeal. Priorities have shifted and circumstances have played a major role in reorganizing our agendas. Now the expectations list read more like getting to work or meetings or doctor's appointments on time having something to eat that isn't too horrible for me being able to check on and maybe care, maybe care for kids parents friends pets spouses or all of the above i ex- expect that the bank will still be there i expect that my kid'll grow up to be a good person I expect that I'll be able to get groceries, have enough water and soap to clean me, maybe do laundry, maybe clean something in the house or the yard or the pets or the kids (laughs) again. And clearly all of these things are important and worthwhile. They are, however, not things that have the sort of impact about which I once dreamed or we once dreamed they do make a difference, one person at a time, one conversation at a time, one vote at a time. There's a significant difference between resignation and working in harmony with our environment. Put another way, I don't think letting a raft stay beached in the sand is the same as going with the flow. Generally, I do not think we are exactly resigned, any of us. But I do think many of us are a bit deflated. I certainly have been, at least in waves (laughs) through the years. But you can ask the choir. I frequently, knowingly preach to the choir. (laughs) <laughs> My questions about all of this are these. Where are we headed if our sights stay fixed on the near field? One of the all-time greatest American philosophers, Yogi Berra, said, you got to be careful if you don't know where you're going because you might not get there. aren't all of those other dreams still important to and worth keeping alive? I would submit that the lists going all the way back to my childhood very likely contain virtuous notions, parts of which are worth reviving. And even if we can't directly usher, directly usher those vast changes in for the whole planet or even for the whole country, we are certainly, without a doubt, capable of manifesting them here at this church and maybe even in this wider city. It simply requires reclaiming the dreams. Then we move them out of the expectation category which is doomed to disappointment, where assumptions become fixed and stagnant and generate cynicism and disenchantment, and we move them energetically and wholeheartedly into the realm of possibilities. If we intentionally remember the beauty of the ideals, we can breathe new life into old passions fan the sparks we gather while we gather new tinder we will then create a vital ever changing and growing model community we we recognize on some level that it is here and beyond that we understand the potential for something greater. Paralleling my earlier lists, this congregation to which we make, I make, we make a pledge every Sunday morning can take stands on local matters, the most honorable and difficult stands on matters of religion and human rights. We can refuse to tolerate oppression anywhere, We can proliferate nonviolence in the community through promoting and participating in alternatives to violence project workshops and training sessions, and other ways. We can make this church, this church, a safe place for every person that enters the doors. And that means paying attention and stepping in if it's called for. We can make sure our teachers and leaders place being positive examples for our kids above their own self-interest. And if we have parents that need support, we can help them care for their children. We can make loving our neighbors a thing that lasts forever and we can strive to keep love as the answer, actively cultivate the ways of peace within our own community by continuing to develop, to develop our skills of communication, mediation, and cooperation. As a church, we can and I think should commit to specific involvement to address hunger, poverty, violence in the broader community. We can look for ways to assist the educational situation in this parish. Excuse me, situation in this parish. And many of these things can be addressed through um, the interfaith alliance, but that's not the only place that we have to uh, go and do things about these matters. We have groups taking on uh, our church's environmental health, and I look forward to us moving into the broader community with those ideas as well. No, we can't do it all. But we can do just as much of it as we have heart for I was talking with a friend yesterday or the day before, and she said something that we both recognized as a very valuable idea. What she said was command your moment. The moment that you're in right now. Every moment that you're in right now. One word of warning. Uh, The word command, by its very nature, attracts the ego. If you think of that phrase, it's it's easy to get wound up quickly into commanding. But ego investments can compound unbelievably often and quickly get out of hand. So if you see it rise, shake the ego out of it. (laughs) That said, what it does mean is that since we are not bystanders on this trip, since the journey is our own, the responsibility is for us to own, acknowledge, and be accountable for our own individual spirits, the efforts we will or won't make, and the legacies we will or won't leave. We are not victims. We are not impotent. We are not finished. We're still growing, vital, and in preparation for the next leg of this sojourn. We have the ability to substantially influence life in the city and beyond if we choose to. I'm only seeking that we examine our own hearts and come up with an honest answer to the questions, do we care and how much? Then what are we willing to do about it? This is your moment. This is our moment. Let us not shy from taking hold of the oars and digging in as the result of old disappointments. Keep in mind it was not the dreams that hurt us, but the world that fought the dreams. It couldn't honor them then. It may not honor them now. But it could still benefit from the compassion that was so wrapped up in them. I look forward to your answers.